0: This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable!
1: From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho,
0: Men in Blazers World Headquarters,
1: it's the Men in Blazers podcast,
0: toppling the patriarchy. Since 2010. Speak for yourself, Rog. It's been quite the week, Davo. Not just for Manchester United fans. Yeah. New York Mm. and the old bombings. Yeah. Wish everyone injured and their families speedy recovery to full health. Yeah. And courage. Wild time, Davo. Trying to do work. Trying to immerse yourself in football. While the manhunt is on across the tri-state area for Ahmad Khan Rahami. Sometimes I'll say this football feels a bit too light, mm. and other times I realize it's the only thing that can actually numb the pain, David.
1: Yeah, we got him though, rog We got, well, we didn't. We had nothing to do with it, but he has been caught uh, now and uh, won't be doing that again, naughty boy. You know, one of
0: the stories I found most fascinating around the whole Rahami capture. Yeah. They found out ISIS actually wanted Donald Trump presidency. And so I want to say, CIA analysts who listen to the pod, if you picked up any chatter <laughs> about who ISIS favour winning the Premier League, yeah, I'd love to know. That's interesting. I'd love I'm sure they mention it. That's interesting. I've got a, my
1: who's your gut say? Because I've got a feeling Arsenal, they're proper Chelsea, without any doubt. You Arsenal. Think? Oh my God, Arsenal! yes. Why? Um, just even even terrible terrorists enjoy attractive football. <laughs> Don't you think it's a little bit the highs and lows of Arsenal fans? Like would would fit in with the sort of emotional radical, swing. The idea of radical Islam is terror? You know,
0: the more I think about and focus, I don't think they're proper. Chelsea, Chelsea. also have a Jewish owner. I say I think you probably you made a good case there, David. <laughs> I think actually, if you really believe in the Caliphate, yeah, you're probably a Tony Pulis West Brom fan.
1: Yeah, or Hull.
0: Yeah, they, they like they grass. like it grim. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we will have to see. I who knows? I don't, don't know exactly. Know who you ask to so get the answer to that question. I'm just saying. I'm CIA sure Squarker. i sure GFOP, have an opinion.
0: Gfopcia operatives. Yeah, let us know. Oh, I've got to say, I've been feeling hyperemotional anyway this week. Mm-hmm. Not just the birthday week. Yeah, because I actually don't give a crap, as you know, about my birthday. Yeah, that's why I don't mind that you've not got me a present.
1: No, oh, interesting, but, interesting. I don't Interesting. But, uh, but this, Interesting. <laughs>
0: this was the year I realised...
1: Caelan, was... cancel Roger's gift. <laughs> cancel it. The feet one that you right? did Right, yeah. got it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the big one. Oh, that thanks. looks
0: like a big polystyrene check she's putting thanks. away. This birthday marked the moment that I've spent over half of my life in the United States.
1: Real wow. milestone. That's amazing. I passed that around 67.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I find it very moving.
1: Yeah. And very meaningful. Has this moved you to actually do the paperwork to become an American citizen yet? I'm on it.
0: <laughs> I feel like I need, to, I need to work in tandem with someone yeah. Yeah. on that process. It feels like only yesterday that I moved here, David. I yeah. remember the first year I moved here, I realized and I found it quite shocking. At the end of that first year, I reviewed my year and my big takeaway that it was the first year of my life I'd ever drunken more coffee than tea. Hmm. That was a very profound identity crisis. <laughs> I've never drunken coffee before I moved to America. Suddenly I was working in an office where everyone just constantly was like around the cheap little coffee mate. Like Everyone was there and you yeah. had to be there. I'd never drunken coffee before. And then at the end of the year, I reviewed the year and I was like, this is the first year I've drunken more coffee than tea. And I found it very unsettling.
1: I don't believe you should have to fill out paperwork, Roger. I feel like you should be able to just go to the INS and tell them that story. And they should just give you a passport.
0: (laughs) I'd honestly love it. So I've just got this incredible bureaucratic fear. It's a phobia. All I'll say is I'm very honoured to be in this country. I do wake up every morning and thank God uh, that I live in it. I'm grateful to all the GFOPs at the Immigration and (laughs) Naturalisation Services for dropping their standards and having me. And to echo a line from the great Heather O'Reilly podcast that we released last week, it really is one of the best things we've ever done at Men in Blazers. Heather says, and, and when I sum up my time in America, I just say, the only way I know how to live is to freaking go for it. it. Sounds better out of her mouth than mine, but those are words to
1: live by. Perfect.
0: Big Premier League news, David.
1: Yeah, there's a brand new, <laughs> there's a new sheriff in town. Well, or well, at very least there's a new transition wipe effect yeah. featuring a large cat. So- and a, and a very white background. Picture this. Liverpool, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. One minute 30
0: into the game. Yeah. Daniel Sturridge cuts inside, shoots. Yeah. Thibaut Courtois kind of Claudio Bravos the ball. For a little minute, you think yeah. he's dropped in, it's going in. But he then pounces on it. Mm-hmm. Both watching together. And then suddenly... Whoosh, what happens, David? Describe.
1: But it certainly wasn't as quick as... It's like... It's like... <laughs> I've spent... You've got to understand that. I've spent a career... Working in television, around people obsessed with like wipe transition effects, I I could care less about I know, graphics. I'm, I'm looking at I Emmys feel over there. Like, I think graphics. one of them is for wipe graphics. Honestly, I can't stand. Gra- oh, and conversations about graphics bore me so much. But but, <laughs> you basically want a wipe transition effect to get you from one piece of video to another. As Arsene awesome. Wenger would say, from A to B. Yes, from A to B, with nobody noticing really what happened. I imagine we've watched Premier League football for, you know a lot of years, Rog, a lot. ever since it began. Yep. And uh, Since we had hair. I don't believe I've ever noticed the Premier League transition wipe until this season when the version 1.0, Rog, was fit-inducing, I think you'd yep. have to say. And it that's was... why
0: you didn't realise it was happening because you were in the middle of a seizure, 97% <laughs> yeah, exactly. of the spectators. So it's
1: fit-inducing. Uh, I'd like to think it was, it was perhaps partly due to the pressure or the notoriety we brought to... Uh, the situation by the use of a uh, cuddly crap cat
0: at Hoboken spurs tweeted us men in blazers you are the most suboptimal social activist ever hashtag making transition graphics great again
1: (laughs) no but we didn't make them great again that's my point is we got them to make a change but they literally did the most basic it's though they built it there used to be a switcher that you know some of you if you had like college TV stations in the 1980s would have known yeah. this machine it was called a toaster and the toaster did terrible transition wipe effects in live television we need to get it was one like, for our like show. it was done- <laughs> it was way too advanced for our show. <laughs> it was like it's made on a toaster it's that white background I've never seen a full backplate wipe transition effect a full backplate The lion is up there so long, I feel like I could have a conversation (laughs) with it about what it's like to be an animated lion. And the lion stays up there and then eventually leaves. It wanders off. It kind of scratches its
0: arse a little bit and then wanders
1: off back into the savannah. Yeah, it often takes longer than the actual replay that it just transitioned out of.
0: It makes me feel almost nostalgic for for their transition wipe 1.0. Yeah. Think the new wipe's proof that although every revolution kind of contains a demand for change and an expectation... Most of them normally end up making things feel
1: worse. This, and, this, Rog, by the way, can I just make a point? This is a temporary transition wipe. Mark my words, this will not be the oh last yeah. transition oh wipe yeah. you see this season. Oh yeah. This was a temporary fix a place while over. they're working on something even bigger, which is going to be even worse.
0: JPS08, crap cat somehow just got even crapper. The new replay transition looks like something I would have used in my grade school PowerPoint. Very true. I do think this is a placeholder. I do think it can be better. And GFOPs listening, keep sending in your ideas for improvement. I mean, the, the Premier League, they love crowdsourcing. <laughs> they, love, they love your ideas. They love hearing from you. Keep sending them to us. We're going to use them on our show, which airs next Monday at 5.30 after the biggest game of the season, Burnley-Watford. Uh, I do believe it can be bettered. I, I can't wait for Lion-White 3.0. I don't know what it could look like. To me, if I was going to do it, and you're listening, Richard Scudamore, because I know you listen to the pod, I would put Crapcat, our Crapcat, just in the MGM logo and have it just rah, just raw kind
1: of bull. That would be amazing. There's something about that line also. Because you spend so much time looking at it in the middle of that transition wipe, it's a bit all up itself, that lion. It's very pleased with itself, that line. And at the same time, sort of looking down on everyone else. It's as though it just smelled a particularly bad lion fart. Bit Sam, the it's the look on Oh, my God. Uh,
0: at Pussy Blanco came up with the best idea for the next wipe, which I hope does come into fruition. He or she tweeted in and said... I wish I could get my crap together in time and submit a Hitler's micro (laughs) penis transition wipe.
1: Yeah, We haven't talked about that in a long time, yeah, David. You could, you could use that in the Bundesliga. Thank you, Matt Pussyblanko, <laughs> for
0: fusing together so many of our... our tropes. Our tropes, yeah.
1: Uh, OK, Rog, we've got a packed show. We're going to break down Man United. 3-1 loss to Watford. What a bad week they had, Rog. And ponder whether it's time for Jose Mourinho to jettison Wayne Rooney from the first eleven. We question if the glow emanating from Pep Guardiola is the reflection from his beautiful bald head or... His aura after City Stay Perfect against Bournemouth and we time travel for back to Friday night and recap Liverpool's defeat of Chelsea plus Landon Donovan's return to the score sheet and Heather O'Reilly's US Women's oh, National. All team of that in the next
0: seven hours, 28 minutes. Oh but first, I've got a meeting this afternoon. A yes. Toast.
1: Yes, let's crack open the Guinness Rog. We've both got the Guinness draft. Open it up. My one looks like it's been pre-tapped. Uh so that there is no spillage. I'll
0: make a quick toast yeah. to one Christian Pulisic. Yeah. One goal, two assists in Dortmund's 6-0 win against Darmstadt. Yeah. Fantastically dashing performance. His last game before he turned, Davo, 18 on Sunday. It is astonishing. Mm-hmm. My 18th birthday. Yeah. It involved a slice of pizza mm-hmm. with my family and then a visit with my brother to the local casino where I blew 20 quid in about three minutes, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. If Christian Pulisic ran for president right now,
1: our long national nightmare would be over. (laughs) He makes far too much sense, uh, Rog. I
0: will say also, our thoughts are with Arlo White, whose mother passed away last week. We wish Arlo and his family courage in their time of loss.
1: Oh, very sad. Very, very sad. Um, OK, Rog, we are now 5.38 of the way through the Premier League season and at a stage of said season, during which the table may not yet be non-fiction. But it is, at least, based on a true story. We start right off. Watford (sighs) 3, Manchester United 1. Jose Mourinho loses his third game in eight days. Goals from Etienne Capoue and Marcus Rashford had the game knotted at one late in the second half. But in the 83rd minute, just 53 seconds after coming on, Colombian substitute Camilo Zuniga put the Hornets ahead. Inflatable Drake... Added a third from the penalty spot and injury time as United dropped to seventh in a very early table. Roger. Oh, Davo!
0: And that aura of Manchester United's invincibility that Jose Mourinho quickly resummoned in the course of the first three games of the season Oof, where's that gone? It's just vanished in the last three. Mourinho entered this game an amazing statistic, having lost 13 of his last 31. Games as a manager, a record which he went and worsened in the next 90 minutes. I want to ask you before we jump into the game, because it was such a complex, rubberneckers delight. What do you experience when you see Jose Mourinho now, when you read about Jose Mourinho, when you think about Jose Mourinho? Your muscle memory says, Chelsea's Jose Mourinho, your lover in the arms of another, Jennifer Aniston style. Respect, Jennifer. Best day of your life today. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, there was a moment during the, uh, as we were getting ready for the show on Friday when you were talking about San Jose Mourinho, and I was thinking, well, why are we talking about Chelsea at this point of the thing? I still associate him with Chelsea. It is a slightly bizarre thing. I don't necessarily yet feel that Antonio Conte and Chelsea are completely fused together into sort of one being. But certainly a lot of the things that I saw at Chelsea, um, I'm seeing all over again with Jose Mourinho. Like it was this is last season, his countenance on the touchline, that general look of a man being let down by his players. is like we saw a lot of that last season and it's looking very very familiar, Rog.
0: Well, this game began with him dialling up the changes. Rashford, Zlatan, Wayne Rooney, Anthony Martial all started together for the first time. Yep. A United team built to all-out attack, yet from the first whistle, it was clear they were still less than the team, more just like parts of machinery that Mr. T found strewn across the floor of a barn. He could turn them into an improvised armoured personnel carrier. But Mr T, he's not Manchester United's current manager, David. B.A. Barakas would never, he'd never send an eleven out that despite the presence of Martial and Rashford, just play the ball so slowly, ponderously going forward.
1: Yeah, it's not just how slowly they play the ball. Today, Opta published their statistics about uh, ground covered in the Premier League. Man United have run less, have covered less distance than any team in the Premier League. And by the way, by quite a distance.
0: Yeah, and against the money suit yet tactically incoherent United, Watford just caused havoc from the first whistle. Their wing-backs, Holabas, Yanmat, charging aggressively down the flanks. First half looked as if somebody, I don't know who, Davo, somebody had mugged Watford off. Just didn't know who it was. First Dini, inches away from getting an opening goal, and then Smalling in for Blint, flattened the hair in a total cock-up, leaving the goal at Igalo's mercy, but he blasted wide. And that was your first cut to what you were talking about, the great classic shot of Mourinho doing his hands in pockets, legs wide apart, eyes bulging. This is nothing to do with me. I hold you all in contempt look on the sideline. Pogba floundered, Rooney huffed, Fellaini charged around looking for someone to elbow in the side of the head accidentally. And United's midfield, it just lacks a passer, Dave. Nothing there.
1: Well, but they have a passer, but unfortunately it's Wayne Rooney who's dropped back into midfield. The guy who wasn't going to be playing in midfield under Jose Mourinho has dropped back there to go and do. Look, we have to say about Watford, this is a team that are offensively potent. You know, you've made the point a lot that if Troy were a foreign player, Troy potentially, he would be heavily rated. You look at how good Capoue is. You look at how many good players they've got moving forward. Just look at how many goals they're scoring in the Premier League. You know, they're a, a decent attacking team. But it's what must be galling... For Man United fans, especially with the promise shown earlier in the season when they were starting to lock up midfield again. For the first time in memory, they were starting to lock up midfield. It was working. Uh, The combination of Fellaini and Herrera in midfield was working for them. Their control of central midfield has absolutely gone. It is absolutely gone. And there is no one pulling the strings whatsoever. And it
0: leaves Zlatan to cut a rather sad figure. He looks like a pirate who's been caught in a rainstorm without an umbrella, just misfiring whilst trying to maintain his sense of swaggering arrogance. And you've got it. Zlatan, Pogba, Rooney not clicking. Largely down to one reason, Rooney. Watching him decline and deteriorate before our very eyes, it's like watching a documentary about the English Empire. Uh, I don't understand it, Dave. There's zero shots on target, zero tackles. The balls he plays, kind of scattershot, stressed and threatening. Occasionally doing that aerial diagonal he loves to 7-iron out to the wing. It just kind of holds up like a frisbee thrown at a dog. Yeah, it's like his corner kick, in a yeah. po- oh. And the question is, watching him play, why does Mourinho, the supreme commander in his own imagination, keep playing him when it's so clear he's dragging the team
1: down? I think the reason is, is because in key games this season, even though he hasn't played very well for the complete 90 minutes, Rooney has made, there has been a key action, there has been a key moment that Rooney has been responsible for. And so he's come to depend on him. By the way, very, very similar to the way the England managers over time have gone broke depending on Rooney for these occasional moments of brilliant. But it's definitely affecting the team. Two theories.
0: The players talk about the intangibles that Rooney brings. They talk about what he brings to the locker room, to the club culture, that he's a beloved leader. They say to lose him would be essentially to like pull a key Jenga piece out of place at the wrong time. See John Terry at Chelsea. And I I don't quite buy that. It's not Mourinho's style to be afraid uh, to do that. But there's another theory that's floating around. United, not just a football team, but they're a commercial entity. They're Manchester United Limited, Class A ordinary shares bought and sold on the Nasdaq. And Rooney is a key face of that commercial entity. You can Google Rooney wine commercial and see the wine brand that he's a face of in China right now. You had a good name for that wine. Good suggestion. Wine Rooney. (laughs) Wine Rooney. (laughs) Yeah. I'd drink that. And that theory, which suggests that Mourinho is not the ultimate decision maker or that his decisions are not purely tactical, both of them. They're quite frightening notions from a footballing perspective. Yeah, I
1: can't believe that's the case, but I'm sure there are many people in Manchester, very su- and in, in London, frankly, where a lot of Manchester's fans live, who are very suspicious of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean,
0: if you've never tasted wine, Rooney, then you wouldn't <laughs> understand that second concept. <laughs> it's a very concept. bizarre
1: thing, but it's interesting, the comparison to John Terry is interesting. John Terry, love him or hate him? And hate him seems to be the most popular <laughs> answer to that question. He does have intangibles, but he has played the same position for his entire career, and he plays that position very, very well. With real, well, with real discipline in that centre-back role. He's the boss of his defence. Um, he organises those people, but he stays in his box. He he's stays a, in a, his a, he's sphere. He's a master of his domain. Yeah, his domain. The difference with Rooney is Rooney... Has created all these different domains on his career, and he's trying to do something. He's trying to be a Perlo. He's trying to be a, a complete full pitch midfield general. He's Hullo never also been has that. His own brand of wine. Yeah, except better than Wine Rooney. He's a player who doesn't seem to really know his role. I often think that like good amateur golfers, good amateur tennis players is they know um, they know what they're able to do and they don't try and hit shots that they're not capable of doing. They play within themselves. Wayne Rooney, I don't think, has any idea at this point of what he's capable of doing and what he's not capable of To be of fair
0: doing. to Wayne Rooney, he has been almost punished by being so tactically flexible as Pete when he moved to the wing and let Ronaldo yeah. uh, play through the top. And that was arguably his best years. He was in a second fiddle uh, kind of position, Davey. Yeah, And I do think and it was very confusing now. He moved himself around uh, as a great teammate to allow his team to come to greatness. And right now he's being shuffled around Uh, and leading a team to deep, deep mediocrity. It's very hard to be the world's greatest footballer, captain sommelier. Those are very hard tactical meshes to pull together.
1: But it would be hard to pin it all on Wayne Rooney, what's going on at Man United. Um, And by the way, hard to pin it all on Jose Mourinho as well. There are a lot of players at that squad not performing who are afraid to literally run, afraid to literally move. And it
0: was no shock when in the 34th minute, Watford opened the scoring.
1: Yeah, thundering tackle kicks it off.
0: From Brito's seemed to kick through unfortunately an already groggy, probably concussed young Martial to get the ball, 1970s rules briefly reigned, prison rules ball pumped into the box who did it
1: land at the feet of? Oh, Capu, uh, Rog and another good finish for him. Four goals
0: in five games off just five shots Q celebration dance with a quite brilliant Watford mascot, Harry the Hornet who is just always there. He's a marvel. Harry the Hornet's positional sense, uh-huh. the running he does off the ball, David, Yeah. it's better, not just than any mascot in world football. Yeah, It's better than most English strikers. I was <laughs> yeah. big Sam Allardyce, and I yeah. know he listens to this pod. He likes uh-huh. the pie talk. Yeah, I would see if Harry the Hornet could play alongside Harry Kane in the national team.
1: Yeah, I think Harry Kane's down injured. It's even more reason why you need Harry the Hornet, Roger.
0: It was 1-0 at half time. Mm-hmm. Could really have been 2 or 3. United... Playing like a team, my note said at the time, that misses LVG. They had no shots on target in that first 45. And I realised this was a United team chosen to protect egos rather than produce anything approaching tactical cohesiveness. It was really a political piece of decision making. At Mathis Eric tweeted, Jose's half time team talk would have been Zlatan, take out that bumblebee. He's trying to mug us off. <laughs> but he did have a plan. Of change. move Rooney into the number 10 role, but just more comedy ensued, tried hard without having any impact on the game. United midfield still unable to conjure a pass. I was shocked, I don't know if you were, when he, he threw on Juan Mata.
1: Yeah, Juan Mata, his relationship with Juan Mata and the status of his relationship with Juan Mata has been confusing all season. I feel like... It's like the ex-girlfriend who you treated very badly, but still, when the chips are down, you want to call her for advice and call her for help. He seems to depend on Juan Mata.
0: Yeah, I mean, my initial thought was, he's just on the bench and like, we need somebody tactically who will play a very important role. The role of scapegoat. Juan, get on the <laughs> field. But it instantly created change. Yeah. Zlatan suddenly charging through, exchanging passes with young Marcus Rashford. Havoc in the Watford area. And who was it who bailed United out with the
1: finish once again? Oh, superchild. Marcus Rashford, Rog.
0: Yeah, seventh goal, 14 league appearances. I love these stats, J-Dubs. It was his 11th shot on target. There'll be one more of those statistics today. We've said before how Marcus Rashford reminds us of 11 from Stranger Things, but without the nosebleeds. Eric Howell tweeted us, that would make Fellaini Dustin, which I love. Um, EA FIFA comes out next week with an amazing career mode in which you can live the game through the rise of a young talent they've called Alex Hunter. Mm. Marcus Rashford is the real-life Alex Hunter. Yeah. When that goal went in, Watford seemed to tie it. It did feel like there could be a flip in narrative. Walter Mazzari threw on a super sub of his own, 30-year-old Colombian Zuniga, and within 53 seconds...
1: Yeah, Hornets go ahead. It just shows the power of a well-timed substitution. And Man United just looking listless, looking uh, losing focus uh, at a point in the game when they were really on top.
0: Yeah, I mean it was a flowing move down the flank, deep pullback, Neither Fellaini nor Pogba tracking back, and Zuniga plenty of time to place the ball behind the desperate De Gea. Mm. His last goal came five years ago for Napoli. Last time we did anything a consequence on the football field it was to knee poor Neymar in the back in the quarter final where he fractured his vertebrae uh, but within a minute of coming on he'd had more impact on the Premier League game arguably than Paul Pogba has in his last five and what shocked me about the debacle down the stretch David how little leadership United exerted yeah, they were very deeply little. deeply challenged and you know we we're chatting about Zlatan three weeks ago about how his desire to win is going to infect this whole team he won't allow anyone to be mediocre and he just seems lost inside his own man-burned head it was no surprise it was Watford who would score again
1: towards the end of the game they were the team really attacking the area they were the team running the ball in they were the team with the endeavour with the imagination and they earned a penalty kick but
0: Isaac's success another sub the greatest name Great in name. score arguably since God God, charging through a rear guard that did not care anymore Zuniga, tripped by Fellaini, most lackadaisical defending I've seen on the Mourinho team since, well, I guess the Chelsea meltdown. United lose at Watford for the first time in 30 years, a loss, you have to say, it was thoroughly deserved. Watford, the only team on the field with a coherent game plan. And Jose Mourinho has now lost three games in a row in a single season for the first time since, since the Spanish Inquisition. Uh-huh. Were you surprised by how he... Responded to it, Dave, or was it just Chelsea wrote throwing the players? Well, under the back? no,
1: look, it's not Chelsea wrote at all. This was his final season at Chelsea. This was a manager who, for years, didn't single out players, or very occasionally did. He would, When he really had a point to prove to a player, he did it. And actually, earlier in his career, he did it to great effect. He turned Joe Cole into a much better midfielder when he called him out for not tracking back. Um, he had other examples where he, Hazard. yeah, where he, he 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 made a difference to that player. I'm not sure that he earned their sort of undying devotion, but he he made a difference to those players by calling them out. But he did it very very occasionally. In his final season at Chelsea, or his final part season at Chelsea, and this season, I have heard him more calling out players and calling out the overall players' confidence, their desire, their individual mistakes, individual mistakes, their ability to handle the pressure. He's calling the out on. He always used to put himself and put, make him the one that had to handle the pressure to take it away from the players. And now he's putting it on them. Yeah, he said,
0: my only doubt is the way my players can cope with negative moments, then creating a ton of negative moments of his own by throwing four of his back five under the bus, criticising them publicly, something that's surely going to go a long way to helping them uh, experience pressure and responsibility. I predict a string of expose stories leaking out from that locker room um, over the course of the next 10 days. To paraphrase what I think is going on at Old Trafford right now, a quote from Francis Ford Coppola about the making of Apocalypse Now comes to mind. We were in the jungle. There were too many of us. We had access to too much money, too much equipment. Little by little, we went insane. Six points behind Manchester City after just five games. At John Cook tweeted in, do you think Jose Mourinho will cut Wayne Rooney's break lines himself, or does he have an intern who does that?
1: <laughs> no, it's hard to know. Look, a week ago we were talking about Man United. This is before the final game, before this game. Look, they'd lost a Manchester Derby. It was a hell of a football game. The derby was back. You know, Jose Mourinho had said that the, the derby came too early in the season. It was after an international break. And I'm sure his reaction after that derby game is he was gonna he was gonna call out the players because He was trying to get a reaction out of them. Now, having done it three games in a row after the loss to final, the loss to Watford, the optics certainly are very, very different on this team. The underlying reality, I still believe this is a world-class squad. I still believe this is a world-class starting 11. I still believe this is a world-class manager. And I don't believe that this is a world-class Premier League yet. Man City are emerging, but I don't believe it's a world-class Premier League. I think there's a lot of parity. It's not over for Man United. This is not what will happen. This is not the way that players of this quality should respond. But I was saying the same thing after five games at Chelsea last season. So I don't truly know, but I feel like they're going to be fine.
0: I think Rooney will be dropped this weekend. I think Mourinho deserves time. His problems are clear, but I think his turbulent start has been enhanced by Pep Guardiola's perfect beginning over the road at City yeah. he's like the Ned Flanders to his footballing Homer Simpson Good point. he's like ogly Dokali neighbour or however you say that in Catalan but what is fascinating is what began as a managerial challenge to restore Manchester United's kind of peerless reputation
1: and, and a challenge which he was living up to very very early but it's quick, very very early but it's it quickly turned into very, a quagmire yes, without a doubt. it's
0: quickly become a quagmire into which Mourinho's been sucked in and has transformed the challenge because it's now his own reputation he's got to fight for. Without As the English media, are beginning five games into the season, to ask if Mourinho has lost his cutting the edge, tactical one. mojo, the average one, crazy knee-jerk reaction. We should say signature win for Watford to bolster solid start to their season. New coach Walter Mazzari, mocked and doubted by many when he was appointed. Mourinho, back in his Serie A days, had once called him a hard-working donkey. Oh, he must be absolutely thrilled. At Dante Florence tweeted, America preparing itself for an influx of bright yellow Watford kits and Drake in a fat suit costumes this Halloween.
1: Yeah, we will see, Rog. It's going to be fascinating to see how Manchester United uh, respond moving forward. You mentioned Pep Guardiola. You mentioned the other side of Manchester looking very good, Rog. Man City 4, Bournemouth nil. Pep makes it five wins In five league games, thanks to goals from Kevin, from Kalichi Nacho, from Raz, Raz, reborn Raz, and new boy Gundawan. City sit top, two points clear of mm, Everton Football Club.
0: We are all living in Pep Guardiola's dreamland, David. I mean, this season, all games, eight games, eight wins, 25 goals. And this one propelled by KDB, who's become a purring, goal-storing unstoppable machine. (sighs) Right from the outset, I mean, Pep had City going through his opponent's throats. The whistle goes, KDB. Stunning Bournemouth with his shock and awe just smashing the ball after Boric within the first 15 seconds. Kind of set a note for the rest of the game.
1: The amount of time that KDB has on the ball every single time he has it, his speed of thought, his speed of movement, um, his precision, he just passes every pass is so precise every move is so uh precise you can just feel like you can feel the crowd through television just sort of rising to their feet getting on the edge of their seats every time he touches the ball it's just great to watch
0: bournemouth dug in hoping to counter nick something off a set piece or a benefit from claudio bravo if he was still incontinent from the week before first start though for arsenal looney Jack Wilshire, as Tim Tebow is to the Mets, so old Jack is to the Premier League. And with 40 minutes, Dave in. he already looked knackered, poor Jack. Bundled over Nolito, needlessly conceding a free kick in a dangerous area. And who stepped up? The
1: Ginger King. KDB, Rog, that was a special one, puts it under the wall.
0: Cunning Ginger. And goalkeepers always want the wall to jump to gain extra height, but they want their defenders to point their toes down like ballet dancers on point. So they act as kind of a portcullis, the little toesies. Mm. Bournemouth didn't. And the wall. Oh, you didn't think there could be a worse wall than Trump's, could you, David? <laughs> no, not at all. And they paid the ultimate price. Yeah, Eddie House teams, they're always game. They push forward optimistically. And it would just be there undoing, doing. Because on the breathtaking counter, oh, football's equivalent of Lakers' Showtime Mirror Basketball. Yeah, City,
1: 2-0. <laughs> Lightning fast, uh, Rod. Raz uh, feeding a Hinacha.
0: Yeah, and the the piece of the move I loved was, again, KDB charging in from the flank at just an avant-garde angle Mm. to carve Bournemouth open and feed Sterling. It's a goal that was even more breathtaking when you realise it was scored with no David Silva and no Kun Who needs Kun though, when you've got an Iheanache? Ten goals from 14 shots on target. I've rarely seen a more economical player. It's actually gotten to the point where it's a shock to see him take a shot and it doesn't actually go in.
1: Yeah, we've got to remember, Aguero, it can make an argument, the best striker in the Premier League in the last, certainly over the last three, four years. Um, they're playing without him. And the other remarkable thing about that goal is what Pep has done to Raz. Raz, honestly, every time he gets the ball, I think something good is going to happen. I've never <laughs> felt that about Raz. I've felt the opposite about Raz every time he gets the ball. The
0: only explanation for that is the Rebecca Lowe effect. Yeah. But, oh, De Bruyne, Pep said after the game, Kev is a special player without the ball. He's the first fighter. And if he's clear, he sees everything. I just love that in 2016, we live in a world where a coach sees a a player just as human and is able to look beyond the fact that he's a ginger. I just think it's progress. But, oh, I thought at half time, what must be going through Jack Wilsh's mind, Dave? Zero interception, zero shot, zero key passes. I just thought, you must be thinking Lindsay Lohan thoughts when she was on the set of Canyons.
1: I don't know. We've talked about this before, that sometimes we 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 like to put regular human thoughts into the thoughts of professional athletes rather than getting <laughs> truly into the mind of Jack Wilshire, which I think was probably to do with which nightclub he was going to go to in London with which mates. That Who's night. got me cigarettes? And he was, and, Who's and got a lighter? What, and yeah, what he was going to drink and what he was going to smoke is probably more in his mind than anything else.
0: God, okay, he seems so eager, so cumbersome. I felt for him, it was like trotting around like a brittle player whose confidence has taken as big a beating as his body. I really do hope for better things for him because Bournemouth fans would probably prefer if they had a the choice of Jacks, they'd probably go Nicholson, White, Dorsey, even Ruby. Preferred to a sloppy Wilshire in the heart there their midfield right now. Second half, Dave. We've talked about City all season, that they've looked great in spells. They can play an amazing first half, but they often switch off or vice versa. What was striking about this to me was that they sustained their dominance for the entire 90 minutes here. Yeah. And Sterling, right after the whistle blew, set that pace when he'd been buzzing around all game, yeah. got his reward within minutes of the restart. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne, again, charging through the gut. I'd watch Barcelona's Messi, Suarez, Neymar earlier in the day oh, with Ray Hudson telling them what to do in the early morning game yeah. and they were so unselfish in setting each other up for goals all the time and Manchester City's collective focus to me was best captured by the way that both Sterling and Hirnacho Nacho dished to the other for a goal instead yeah. of shooting most strikers would shoot yeah. where they were in the penalty area they were yeah. looking for that extra pass to make 100% sure the team the score Getting a goal is more important than who scores it. It's very rare to see in a football team.
1: And it's just good to see Raz playing like that. I, he didn't finish that goal particularly well, we'd have to say. He just sort of mishid it about a foot over the line, uh, if that. But it was still a very, very finely worked goal.
0: He's played a part in eight goals in his last six games. And he does so by working hard, as you've said. I mean, like David Silva, he's always hounding the opponents now to get the ball back, which leads to a reinforced focus in the final third. is absolutely fascinating to see the difference. Cherry on the cake, Gundogan goal with a pass from De Bruyne. They're just, oh my God, calculated so many angles, so much movement, so much rocket science. Even John Forbes Nash Jr. would have given pause and said, Kevin De Bruyne, you've got a beautiful mind, a beautiful ginger mind. 34 goals in 48 appearances he's been involved in. Uh, in his Manchester City career. He is remarkable. And the question I have to ask you, Dave can anyone stop City? Hard-hitting football questions. Yes, we're it only five. it City's
1: title. Uh, we're only five games in. And, you know, they will they will meet adversity at some point. This squad is very, very, very strong, uh, though they're going to get Aguero back. Not still convinced about their back line. I do, however, feel like... Um, Otamendi is defended very well, particularly. You know, Claudio Bravo had an event-free weekend. You know, we didn't even think about it. We didn't even mention him in our report on that game. So, um, it's, if they're going to have problems, it's going to be at the back, but no signs of it so far.
0: I interviewed vonson Company a couple of years ago, and he told me that for City, a team like them with so many players, so much money, so much luxury in the club culture, their greatest opponent was complacency. So it was very interesting after the game to see Pep's already talking about that. He said, complacency, not going to happen. I'm not going to accept it's easy because it's not easy. That's not going to happen while I'm here. We've got a lot of work to do. It's only September.
1: Cracking game kicked off the weekend, a Friday night fixture. Uh, Rog, Chelsea one, Liverpool two. Jürgen Klopp's side marches on Stamford Bridge and hands Antonio Conte his first defeat as Chelsea manager Liverpool took a 2-0 lead behind a tidy more than tidy 17th minute Dejan Lovren finish and an absolute wonder strike from Jordan Hendo Henderson in the 36th minute Diego Costa clawed one back in the second half but it wasn't enough Liverpool moving to 6th place level on 10 points uh, with 5th place Chelsea
0: yeah I mean a fascinating game not least because just the atmosphere Stamford Bridge Friday night lights off dry ice yeah Oh, felt all like a Phil Collins, no jackets required era live show. Big story before kickoff: David Luiz returning for his second coming. But the big question on this night, in what was an incredible helter-skelter game, both sides top-heavy yet defensively brittle, whose defence would cock up first?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, very, very clearly the answer was Chelsea's defence failing uh, to react to a quickly taken set-piece uh, down the left. The ball comes back. Oh, Coutinho. Uh, to Coutinho, and what a cross he sends into the box! That's Chelsea good. players getting together for a team meeting by the penalty <laughs> spot as the ball went to the uh, far post. They got sucked into the uh, to the quickly taken free kick, and uh, Dejan Lovren with a absolutely fantastic uh, finish uh, beats Courtois.
0: Yeah, you could see that the David Luiz influence on the Chelsea back line noticeable immediately. They they were just marking each other en masse in that middle. Dejan Lovren, totally stunned when he thrashed the ball home. That As he ran to the cameras, that look on his face, he was like, I'm supposed to be crap. How oh, I done good? But oh, so many great cutaway match director shots right then. John Terry in the stands, yeah. no surprise, sneaking a furtive look at his best mate's DMs. But age 35, still inexplicably, Chelsea's most reliable defender and Roman Abramovich slumping into his seat in despondent, impotent malaise. An image I like to call, does money really buy your happiness? Yeah,
1: don't know about that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, John Terry, I mean, not just Chelsea's most reliable defender, but what is very clear when John Terry doesn't play, he organises the Chelsea defence, more than organises it. It's like he's got a team of absolute halfwits who play next to him in defence, who he has to literally tell often using sign language, where to go and stand <laughs> and when. And watching Gary Cahill play without John Terry next to him, it is, it's literally as though uh, his PlayStation controller has been stuck in the side of the sofa and he's just like moving around on sort of like auto-robot.
0: But it wasn't just the back line. Chelsea couldn't get any purchase in the midfield. They were just out-hustled, out-charged, out-thawed, out intense, utterly overwhelmed in that first half. Yeah, I mean, if Firmino was playing and not Sturridge game could have been over in the first 45 minutes. I mean, Henderson swarming, Wijnaldum, Lalana pressing in harmony. And Liverpool, such a stranglehold on that game. Klopp later described the performance in that first half as football from hell, which sounds better out of his mouth than mine. But he's, I mean, it's a great description for the intensity that he can bring to Liverpool that few teams can compete with. And it was Hendo, or to give his full name, the much maligned Jordan Henderson, who made it 2-0.
1: Yeah, from a throw-in. This time Chelsea went to sleep on a throw-in uh, and the ball came in and phew, look, it was a great finish. Very, very tough to ultimately defend against that goal once you've given Jordan Henderson that amount of space. You don't expect it to go in, particularly not from Jordan Henderson. How many times have we seen that ball sail over the bar? But not this time, Roger. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I, did, I will say he's taken a miss that shot pretty much every game for the past three seasons. Finally, he pulled it off. But that first touch to deaden the ball, a ball he didn't know was going to land at his feet from Cahill's blown clearance. I've watched it over and over again. It's just anticipation and execution and silencing the haters with that celebration, that full-throated roar, charging away from goal, just discarding layers of stress, fear, self-doubt as he slid his undercarriage along that turf, the face of a club captain in the post stephen Gerrard era whose very presence on the field have been questioned this season after a run of poor performances and intense scrutiny. I loved the Klopp cam, which captured little Marco Gruic's face in the yellow bib on the subs bench, just so full of wonder, like Augustus Gloop, the first time he glimpsed Willy Wonka's chocolate river. Mm. But in the second half, you had a bit of
1: hope. Well, I mean, Matic came to life. I mean, it's interesting, Antonio Conte's selection, he's obviously Fabregas is out of favour. He's forgotten all about my favourite player, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He's playing a two-man midfield uh, behind his three smalls uh, of Matic and Kante. And, you know, both of them sort of seem to get in each other's way, seem to play the same role. They're both defensive players. They don't really move forward. He must have said something, Antonio Conte, and probably not something particularly pleasant uh, to uh, Nemanja Matic after Because Matic was reborn in the second half. In fact, Matic performed in a way that I haven't seen Matic play uh, in a couple of years. It was amazing to see really getting forward... Uh, really cutting out those passing lanes, both playing well with the ball and without the ball. And it was him who set up uh, Chelsea's uh, goal for Diego Costa. Cuts in to the penalty box, cuts it back uh, to the much-hated Brazilian-slash-Spaniard and Diego Costa with yet another goal. Yeah, and
0: it shows that he's added a new dimension to his game. He can now score without a yellow card, sending him to the abyss of madness. Fifth goal of the season for Diego Costa And and you know, Liverpool, they've scored a ton, but they are so vulnerable defensively and they have a tendency to tire and switch off. They fade in games. And narrative, it did suggest the comeback. It suggested a Liverpool capitulation. I'm sure many Liverpool fans listening will have found that last 30 minutes just agonising to watch. But the team actually defended well in this game. Matip and Lovren developing the kind of partnership a team really needs when they play Mignolet in goal behind them but in truth with the
1: jugular showing Chelsea were very poor. Yeah Chelsea were poor and Liverpool had as many chances towards the end of the game and Antonio Conte looked a little stunned in this game waited a very very long time uh, to make any substitutions towards the end of the game a little bit late you just felt like you were just longing for bats to come on uh, a little bit earlier.
0: I love the clock cam that followed Jürgen around the field at the final whistle three cuddles say everyone should aspire to have someone in their life who loves them, like Jurgen Klopp clearly loves Matip. And after the bombshell news of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's impending divorce, David, mm. what else do we have to believe in other than the surging, passionate, big love of Jurgen Klopp? And rightly so. This was a fantastic win for Liverpool. feels like months ago that the English newspapers were beginning to question if Klopp should be fired. It's actually only three match days ago after the Burnley loss. Mm. And if if that hadn't happened, everyone would be talking about Klopp's team as title pretenders right now. They've beaten Arsenal, Leicester, now Chelsea, tied Spurs, big, big, big games, big results. Odd thing about this team is that they've got to show they can win the little games. The Burnleys, the upcoming games against Holland Swansea, over the last 12 months, they've shown they can get it up for the big moments, but they need to summon a consistency against the Minnows, to make their long-held dreams come true. And
1: remember, last season, there were a lot of times when this is a team that performed much better away from home than they did at home. And I know that they have uh, the Burnley game was meant to be a home fixture, which they moved uh, to Turf Moor. But this was a team that when they had possession of the ball, when they weren't just and pressing uh, like mad, they struggled a little bit um, on occasions. And it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Having said that, when I look at Manchester City and look at the way they play football... The only team I've seen so far this season that I think would cause Manchester City some problems, that is Liverpool.
0: For Antonio Conte, Arsenal away. You feel it could be a definitive game for Chelsea's season. Your fans, very hasty with their criticism of his substitutions, over-reliance on Costa, inability to fix the defensive problems. A loss could trigger the first signs of smoke at Stamford Bridge and... The Roman Abramovich summon meeting, the first one that takes place alongside the crocodile pit with the trapdoor on top of it. The second one takes place inside of it.
1: I quite like the over-reliance on Costa, uh, Roger. Frankly, if Costa weren't playing this well this season, uh, we would be in a very similar place to we were uh, last season uh, right now. He's been one of the bright spots, his, uh, his, his opening season form. Chelsea, no conductor, Rod. They've got no one really putting the strings. Either they've got to sort out the Fabregas situation or they've got to let someone step up in midfield. We will see. Hull, City, one, Arsenal, four, Roger. A comfortable win over the Tigers gives Arsene Wenger's side their third win on the spin, and Alexis Sanchez Brace and goals from Theo and Granite Shaka move the Gunners into fourth.
0: Oh, Mourinho's Traviles, Chelsea's teething problems, given Arsene Wenger some cover fire, David, mm. and he's righted the Arsenal ship. This team, three straight league wins. Let's forget the self sabotaging of a Champions League draw for a minute. This game, a waspish Alexis Sanchez amidst unsettling, swirling uncertainty about his long-term relationship with Arsenal. He netted twice, missed a penalty, but it was really Theo who took the plaudits, netting his hundredth career goal after a delicious Awobi backheel flick. I love watching Awobi; he's like a real Wenger player from the old glory days, quick, intelligent,
1: creative. And you mentioned Theo bounced back after not being selected for uh, England. Roy Hodgson's final. Uh, England squad at the Euros this summer. Theo's bounced back well and he's shown a lot this season. I respect that about him, a player who's come in for a lot of criticism.
0: There's a momentary wobble when Real Madrid's Robert Snodgrass flashed home a penalty, Mm. (laughs) raised the spectre of a 10-men comeback. But it wouldn't be Arsenal without a brief minute of fan sphincter tightening. And on this day, the gunner showed spine. Sanchez charged down the other end, put the game away immediately with an emphatic finish after Walcott created scraps. No shame for Holt. Seven points off their first five games in the middle of the pack, set to confirm the wonderfully, richly deserving Mike Phelan as their permanent manager. And a ton of positives for Arsenal. How often do we say that? Not enough. Mustafi, solid performance, late cameo, thumping long-range, breathtaking strike by Zaka, Jordan Henderson style. And Arsenal's long-suffering fans, you have a rare weekend off the psychiatrist's couch, nipple-clamp-free Saturday for you. And with Chelsea awaiting, you might just need it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tottenham won Sunderland nil. a 59th-minute goal from Harry Kane. Highlights a ho-hum Spurs win at White Hart Lane. Tottenham remain undefeated on the season, move up to third. But Monday night, Spurs fans got some no bueno injury news on their star striker.
0: Yeah. I mean, this week for Spurs fans, started with the peak spurs of the Champions League. 85,000 fans packed into Wembley. Hanging Spurs symbols all over North London. And they then proceeded to wilt against an unfancied Monaco in a game which Pochettino accused his side of, lacking passion. And they changed that on Sunday in a performance against, I'll say, an oddly clad, pink and purple Sunderland.
1: Yeah, it was an odd odd strip. Couldn't imagine Sam Allardyce uh, managing that pink-clad squad, Rog.
0: I don't know who would have looked
1: at that jersey
0: and been like, "Yep, that's the one that we're going to win in. It's a jersey that's chosen perfectly for a relegation dogfight. And they had passion Spurs, if not clinicality, because from from the very off Sunderland's game plan, it was like watching a castle under siege. Mm. That potent-looking Spurs midfield, Wanyama, Dembele, and both Newcastle, Sissoko, and France Euro-Sissoko alternating between the different moments, just kind of fired shot after shot, like diseased, deceased cows flung over a castle wall by catapult at the England Under-21 prospect, Jordan Pickford. He's fantastic.
1: Yeah, Pickford looked really 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 good I mean I joked on Twitter there was a lot of talk about oh he's so good at kicking the ball long he can kick the ball so far that on that basis Jordan Pickford seemed destined for the England side we've really lowered our standards in goal uh, but he does he looks assured he looks uh, looks like a leader looks like he can give some good tunnel game Rog which is uh, going to be very important for the, the natural f- successor f- f- of Joe Hart 50% of the
0: battle yeah. 19 shots for Spurs in the first half alone 8 saves for Pickford should have been 6 or 7 nil Spurs so dominant and this was very David Moy's football grim determined organised unambitious and he was undone in one minute of switch off by one of your old boys Papa Djibouti Chelsea reject failed to clear the ball when it dropped to him in the box preferred to just calmly roll it towards Harry Kane who didn't hesitate and prodded it home from close range
1: yeah uh, and 1-0 Spurs and they're looking in quite quite good shape
0: yeah this competent day not a dazzling victory, but then undermined by the late injury to Kane, who jammed his ankle and falling awkwardly. It was so sad to see him depart on a stretcher. He stuck his little thumb in his mouth. And then there were tweaks for Tyre and Dembele. Both had to go off. And Tottenham fans have got to wait for the results of a second scan. They know it's not broken, Harry Kane's leg, but they've got to wait to see the extent of the ligament damage. Could be out for up to two months, with the nervy player Vincent Janssen, doubling their fear an apprehension at Snowbound Ronin tweeted only Tottenham can make three points feel like a loss <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, we will see though I think they're fairly well uh, placed I think that team are going to come good as the season goes on Rog uh, talking about starting to come good Leicester City 3 Burnley nil. 2 headers from record signing Islam Slimani and a Ben Mee own goal see the Foxes match their midweek Champions League scoreline against Club Bruges
0: yeah they won 3-0 In the Champions League game, they had to prove they could do it without the catalyst of those Dulcet champions ringing out before kickoff. And they did it a stroll, thanks to two goals in his first start for Islam Slimani, the Algerian $37 million record transfer for the club. Gives him a different look big, strong focal point, six foot two, hard working, intelligent, and he heads the ball in a way that I believe Randy Moss would like to nut Trent Dilfer.
1: That second goal, though, Rog. Oh,
0: living proof that sometimes something beautiful can come from very dark places. Jamie Vardy, that flicked on cross. It was like the touch of a poet, his slightly racist little foot, arcing backwards <laughs> to readjust the flight of the ball onto the big Algerian's head, and he nutted home like a Josh Richardson dunk. I say Slomani, the best Islam since Yusuf, Yep, yeah, that was a Cat Stevens joke. And poor Burnley, not just shy of goals, they're shy of shots. They had two shots in this match. They only had four in their last three Premier League games overall, Dave. It's looking grim at Turf Moor.
1: Yeah, good to see Leicester bouncing back, uh, Rog. Very good performance in the Champions League as well. OK, Rog, West Brom 4, West Ham 2. A shockingly un <laughs> performance. Sees the Baggies score twice as many goals as they tallied. In the whole of last... No, sorry, just their first four games combined. <laughs> a NASA chadley double and a goal apiece for Salomon Rondon and James McLean put West Brom within 33 points of their desired 40. West Ham, meanwhile, they've conceded eight goals in their last two games. They've just three points from five. In this battle of the Wests. Yes. At
0: Kenneth Noople tweeted us, does the winner get to have Kim Kardashian name her next child after them? Oh, interesting. I'll, I'll be in Bromwich West. It will be then. Get on it, Kanye. I don't know how the austere conservative Tony Poulis will feel about all of this. His team scoring four oh, no. goals in one game, David. Oh, They'd scored good. twice all season. Almost continental. Yeah. I think he'll be like, lads, Ugh. we only have a ration of goals the entire season. Don't use them all up in one game. Yeah. And the story of the week West Ham's continuing defensive implosion. We are weak, said Billich, and we have a problem. Pointing to his team's just complete lack of defensive awareness, conceding four for the second week on the run. And this was against West bloody Brom, who haven't scored four since East Brom were in the Premier League. Billich's team defence suddenly worse than Ryan Lochte's and James Collins got to take a chill pill. My West Ham supporting mate, Daniel Barnett, he wrote to me, he said, I'm enjoying the mentalness of our Roberto Martinez-style second season.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. They aren't half complaining a lot about this stadium as well. West Ham legends coming out, West Ham uh, people associated with the club, fans seem to loathe what they were given for free uh, by the British taxpayers. <laughs> I'm sure that Barry Hearn is just really having a wry smile you about all of bullet, this. You dodged a bullet, Barry, uh, over if you're listening. Another part of but it is London. very
0: Roberto Martinez, Odevo. Billich inheriting the solidity of a Big Sam defence Last season led to clean sheet after clean sheet, but now that muscle memory is wearing off as it did for Roberto, who took the David Moyes drill back for. It all goes to crap, unless a radical intervention's made. And you're right, with that stadium, West Ham's big dreams of a season of heaven at their new big boy home. Mm. It's all going down the sh- before our very eyes, David.
1: Uh, Crystal Palace, four, Stoke City, one, Rog. Palace win back-to-back games for the first time this calendar year, expelling The still-winless Potters from South London. Goals from James Tompkins. That was a good selection, Rog. Scott Dan, James Macarthur, and an imposing Andros Townsend.
0: Yeah, Steve Dunning asks, what's wrong with Stoke City? Zero wins, four goals conceded in nearly all their Premier League games. Did Roger Bennett make a documentary about them?
1: Yeah, did you? I didn't.
0: But it's nice to see Crystal Palace finally recovering from the one that I made about them.
1: Also, ever since I had dinner with uh, Steve Parrish in London, yep. I've been on the Ups... You gave won... him
0: some tactical insight, you... didn't you?
1: No, they? absolutely none. They've won two games uh, in a row. Roger, I do think one thing that's happened to Stoke is they've lost their mojo. And they've lost their mojo, at least in part, because of the way that yes. referees are calling yep. uh, fouls in the penalty yeah, box. The it's holding. so
0: true, Dave. I mean, I say Crystal Palace... Andros Townsend, it's so lovely to see him free from the pressure of being in my (laughs) toggety. I dropped him this week and he played with verve and joy. But each time Palace had a set piece, Stoke just panicked. Their defence was shambolic and I agree with you. It's as if they've been undone psychically by the new, still inconsistent refereeing directives against using
1: grappling hooks in the penalty area. It's inconsistent until it comes to Stoke, (laughs) who always seem to be the villains. God, this is their
0: worst start to a top-flight season since 1952. Mm. Bookmakers now have Mark Hughes ahead of fellow under-pressure bosses Tony Poulis and Slav Ambilic in the Premier League sat-race, or as we call it, the Brendan Rodgers Memorial Trophy.
1: Southampton won Swansea nil. The first win of the Claude Puel era comes courtesy of a 64th-minute Charlie Austin strike. Both of these teams with just one win uh, through five games. Swansea's manager, uh, Guideline also on the hot seat. Rod seems to have lost the dressing room. Uh, Everton three, mm. Middlesbrough mm. one. Everton, yeah. Rod. Yeah. Everton, Rod. Yeah. Your beloved Everton, <sighs> plodding, effort-making, unspectacular Everton. Rod <laughs> off to their best start to a season since 1978. Four wins and a draw from their first five games. Had to come back in this one after a controversial Martin stecklenburg own goal. I don't really think it was controversial. It was clearly a foul on Stecklenburg. Put Barra ahead in the 21st minute. A reflex finish from Gareth Barry on his 600th Premier League oh, appearance. God Amazing that he still has reflexes, Rog. Leveled the score. Seamus <laughs> Coleman and Romelu Lukaku added the second and third just before halftime to see Kuman's side move into second place. How are you feeling, Rod?
0: Feeling unfamiliar emotions. <laughs> Other humans may
1: call them joy. You didn't email me More after confidence. the game. You didn't yeah. email me after the game to say, I still think Chelsea's going to win the title. That's that was fair. the first fair weekend. The first weekend you haven't emailed me back, <laughs> by the way, all season.
0: Oh, I'm just trying to repress all emotion, Dave, to be candid, because this is all too soon. Yeah. Far too early, as we'll discuss. To me, this was a fine win against a robust, organised Middlesbrough, initially at least. And I loved it because Everton went a goal down, an unjust goal down, Dave. Oh, my
1: word, uh, Roger De And he basically mugged Stecklenburg. He not only uh, made absolutely no contact with the ball, he only made uh, contact with the large paws of Stecklenburg. He might have stolen his wallet and taken his wristwatch off at the same time.
0: It was the old school kind of goal that went in week in, week out in the 1970s. Yeah. Not so much in the Premier League. And Everton in the past would have wilted. They would have just curled up. But Cooman vintage Everton just took the punch on the chin, rolled on, upping the tempo, forcing their way back into the game, working out how to win from behind as they now have in two of their four victories. Fittingly, it was Gareth Barry, 600th game, who netted the equaliser. I think only Giggs and Lampard have played more games at at this level. He's like the Greg Maddox of the Premier League, building legendary careers at multiple teams. For the moment, I found fascinating, and you have got to explain it to me. The third goal, and a brilliant Balassi whipped the ball into the box. Lukaku was there, didn't get a touch, but claimed the goal, wheeled yeah. away as if he had. I mean, striker's willful what self-deception. What did Togger
1: say? Did Togger give it as a goal for Lukaku? I think
0: I think the official ruling was Lukaku. Balassi has been arguing over social media that it was his goal, yeah. but just Lukaku would have known the ball didn't touch his foot yet to wheel away with celebration. I mean, it's the selfishness that you have yeah, to have to be an elite evil striker. Pure evil. He's a former Chelsea man, Roger.
1: <laughs> you can't take, you can't take Chelsea out of the boy. Oh,
0: it's the residue of Chelsea. the that's residue still of Chelsea that's
1: still in him. Second
0: yeah. half, Everton used to show they could put a sleeper hold on their opponent. This was all the kind of football that Roberto Martinez dreamt of but couldn't conjure. Built on defensive foundations, Ashley Williams, so no nonsense. But Ronald Koeman left to talk Everton down. He says, Champions League unrealistic, and it's quote, crazy for them to be talked about as title contenders. And he's probably right, Dave, rationally, because this great start, the best start um, since my happiest year of life, 1978, it's just a generous fiction list. We've played, beaten Middlesbrough, Sunderland, Stoke, West Brom. Hardly biggest teams in the world. We drew against Spurs. So come back to me December the 3rd, 14 games into the season. We will have played Man City, we will have played and beaten Chelsea, played United, and we'll have a greater measure of this team.
1: Yeah, well, in a league of some parity, though, Rod, getting off to a good start is very important. Getting your goal scorer scoring, getting your defenders defending, getting your midfield working, getting the belief in the manager, I think they look very good. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to taunt you because you haven't sent me the email this week So <laughs> I still think Chelsea are going to win the title, Dave, <laughs> though, um, but uh, with Everton's title to lose. But I do think that they should be setting their sights on Champions uh, League football this season. I don't like the comment that Kuman makes. I don't like it. He's can, got to be aiming for it.
0: Can I say this? Nigel rules are in full effect.
1: Oh, they are. From Which he- are? From here on in,
0: I will not curse Everton by mentioning their name again on this podcast. Uh-huh. And like Macbeth is the Scottish play, Yeah. I will here on only refer to the Blues as Nigel. I want to say Everton, one... That- Everton,
1: Everton, Everton. Oh! Everton. Everton,
0: Everton. That was the last time their name will be mentioned on this
1: podcast. Everton, Everton, Everton. (laughs) Everton.
0: (laughs) I will say one quick thing. Yeah. I feel a bit sad that they've taken away my losing. (laughs) It's all I've got. It's such a part of my identity. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with it. It's just like having hair. It's just an unfathomable concept to me. And a GFOP at Rusty AHM wrote in to suggest that he thinks I'd be a big aficionado of the Korean approach to life named Han.
1: Oh, yes, Rog. Han is the manner in which sad emotion is stored up and even cherished. Koreans like to wallow in or enjoy their sadness in an almost romantic way. There's a deep strain of melancholy in Korean culture, and this is expressed in the modern age through sad songs films and TV dramas that offer an unrelenting stream of tragic heroes, unrequited love and bittersweet memories. It's like your Holocaust books, Raj. An <laughs> image that will instantly be recognizable to anyone familiar with Korean television. is the woman standing alone at night waiting for her lover, a man who never arrives in such a story. The heroine will no doubt carry the burden of loss and rejection forever. <sighs> got go to go a career, Rog. I
0: can relate. Those are my people, David. Yeah,
1: without a doubt.
0: I miss not watching the games behind the couch all season. I do miss it. And when I do play for Everton, I'm going to play with the word Han on the back of my jersey.
1: Very good, Rog. Oh, very good week for you all over, Rog. Our Togger Fantasy Football update. A modicum of redemption this week, Rog, as we both cracked the top 1,000 of the men in Blazers Togger Fantasy Football League for the first time. Uh, having Kevin and Payette in both of our teams Helped immensely. You beat me though, Roger. You shaded me. Oh, fine.
0: Maybe two points, no, three I think points. A few more than that. Oh, J. W. is absolutely skinning all all of us, and yeah. I've got to say, there's some unbelievable GFOPs who are destroying us on a weekly basis. Think about Togger; it changes the way you watch football. I mean, yeah. Manchester United against Watford. I've long said that I would support a team that fielded Ivan the Terrible, yeah. Himmler, Vlad the Impaler against Manchester United, but on Sunday. I was just rooting for child Marcus Rashford. All because he was leading my toggle line. I don't know <laughs> what makes you become Yeah. It makes you become so manic and yeah. just just be not yourself.
1: I know. We met with a guy that we'll founded We really know t- if you end up selecting John Terry for your team at any point this season Needs that must. would just be mind
0: blowing. Needs must. I I say we met with a guy that founded Togger. Yeah. Scott Faust mm-hmm. this week. So young. So from Austin, Texas. Yeah. I said, evermore, I'm amazed at what a fantastic slice of America's contribution to global football togger is. So please spread the word, listeners. Encourage your friends to join. Uh, this Togger League because he deserves all the support he
1: can get. Without a doubt, last week's fantasy winner, N double, had the or maybe it's just N double, I'm not sure Rog, had the highest point total so far this season. Two hundred and fifty four flaming points. He had five of this week's perfect he have eleven. System. He had Seamus Coleman. What a goal that was Rog. Christian Fuchs our mate, Payette Kevin and Raz. To join our league, just download the Togger app on your phone, select your Perfect eleven, and you'll be all set for next week's game. And we've got
0: the patches designed by GFOP Ian Hutchison. Amazing. We should post them this. We will promise to post them because they're fantastic.
1: Very, very good. OK, in MLS. M- Just two minutes after coming on as a substitute The LA Galaxy's newly unretired Landon Donovan scored the equaliser in a 2-2 draw With sporting Kansas City Sunday in Kansas City The win moves the Galaxy into second place in the West Just four points behind FC Dallas St. Landon, unretired, he has risen Scores a goal
0: Water into wine, cannot be far behind He wombled onto the field and the sporting KC fans in their delirious cauldron just started a chant AARP A A R P and then he just woof 90 seconds later lashed the ball home with a low drive at Sneaky Snoopers he tweeted Landon Donovan the next Polisic question <laughs> mark <laughs> I don't know. I will just say what Emmy Award winner Maggie Smith is to PBS, what yeah. Landon is to MLS. He's just timeless. Mm. And I'll say Mazal Tov to another great American goal scorer. Jordan Morris, GFOP, is diving header. Fantastic goal. Tenth goal of the season so far. Third best by a rookie ever in MLS. And most impressively, his fifth game winner. Rookie record. Not bad for a player who has taken the field every game under real scrutiny amidst accusations that he's too one-footed. He has lived up to the hype.
1: Another US football legend oh, Roger Heather O'Reilly went out in style last Thursday night in Columbus, playing a last game for the USA. Heo tallied a goal and an assist in the team's 9-0 demolition of <sighs> Thailand.
0: Slightly overshadowed by Megan Rapinoe's anthemic protest, the ESPN host, not a soccer guy, actually referred to Hayo as Megan O'Reilly mm-hmm. uh, in the opening introduction. But I say the mighty Heather finished her international career with 40 goals, 50 assists, select club of greats that she's now in with uh, Wombat, Fowdy, Macmillan, Milbret, Lilly and Ham. Everything we want to say about Heather O'Reilly, we really said last week in the pod uh, that I taped with her. Please give it a listen. It is a thing of human wonder.
1: Beautiful. Rog, the winner of the coveted Guinness Men and Blazers, poet, philosopher, Sacker, scribe, raven of the week is... Jeffrey Marston. Because I'm moving to Virginia, Jeffrey writes, I will need a new license plate number. Maybe it's going to work for the CIA, Rog. I am a Leicester City fan, (laughs) but to my surprise, some schnook in Virginia already has LCFC. It is probably the initials of the Loudoun County Forestry Court. (laughs) Can you help me? I have seven spaces that I can use with letters, numbers, dash, and a space. My nominees are LCFC fan. LCFC Fox or LCFC1. I've decided to continue my public display of affiliation, even though Leicester currently sit tied for eighth. Two consecutive 3-0 victories gives me hope for the season, especially since one of them was at the home of the Belgian national champs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think your options are pretty clear mm. because you're inhibited by seven characters. The name you would normally pick is your license plate. Vcab shrivened rapper Mr. Chairman, sadly won't fit. Yeah, you could have chat. Yeah, if you spell mm. sht. Or just go for something. Or gtbngd. What's that one? Get banged. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome if you had chat on the front yeah. and get banged on the back. Yeah, or two It'd cars. Be amazing. Two cars. Yeah. Um, or you could just go with something really naturally wonderful that will get people honking at your car up and down the highways and byways of Virginia. Yeah. Just go with Jay Schlupp.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I love it. LCFC Rat is quite a good one. Everybody <laughs> thinks of Jamie Vardy. That's the problem, Rog. OK, your weekend looks like this, courtesy of Mini USA. On Saturday, Manchester United host Leicester at 7.30am Eastern Time. Later that day, Rog, Chelsea travelled to the Emirates to take on Arsenal at 12.30pm Eastern Time. Then on, then on Sunday, West Ham versus Southampton at 11 a.m., all those games on NBCSN. In MLS, the LA Galaxy hosts the Seattle Sounders. That's on Sunday at 4 p.m. London Eastern Donovan time. Patrick. On ESPN. And the Men in Blazers show oh, returns, no. oh, we're sorry, with another super live, super crap episode Monday after Burnley versus Watford. <laughs> so they're giving us at, the good games. At, at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. And
0: on October the 1st. Yeah. The air date has just been given for my Arsene Wenger document. Oh. Which is actually quite good, despite the fact that I'm on it.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's good. Can't wait for that, Rog. Uh, there are many ways to connect us. One is through Amazon Emporium, which helps keep the show going. Anytime you go on Amazon for items big or small, just click off the Emporium page. Men in Blazers gets a tiny percentage that allows us to cover the cost of creating the show. What are you putting in the Emporium this week, Rog? A book. Yeah.
0: Where the Jews Aren't. The Sad and Absurd Story of Bivision on Russia's Jewish autonomous Region yeah. by Masha Gessen. Yeah. Yeah, a crazy, heart-wrenching, oh brutal history uh-huh. of Joseph Stalin's attempt to create a Yiddish speaking farming homeland uh-huh. for all Jews under Soviet auspices, which sounds very generous and yeah. beneficent, but less so when you realize he envisaged it would be in a swampland in the middle of nowhere, near the Chinese border, where the only other inhabitants were Cossacks who really, really hated the Jews. Mm. The community struggled in poverty until Stalin overnight just changed his policy demonising anyone who'd ever supported it and killing uh, the leadership. As the writer tells it, the home became the worst good idea of all time. Mm. And Bira Bajan, it still exists, but there's not many Jews there. I've always longed to go before I read this book, but after finishing it, Dave, I think I'm going to go to Seattle instead, <laughs> which smart. is next on my list of places I've never been to that i really like
1: to go. Smart. I've been to Seattle, Rog. Smart, smart decision. Uh, rog, <sighs> I had to extend the range of my Wi-Fi this week. I've been living without my Apple TV, without Netflix. Suddenly, my Wi-Fi, I don't (gasps) know if any of you have had this problem. My Wi-Fi stopped extending so far. And there's one room in my apartment, which is my sort of man cave, my TV room, where the Wi-Fi was not extending, caused me a major problem. A few years ago, I tried to use a Wi-Fi range extender. Didn't really work very well. But I believe there have been some great breakthroughs in Wi-Fi range-extending technology. The Netgear AC750 Wi-Fi range extender with gigabit Ethernet. That's the EX6100, as I know uh, (laughs) many in the biz uh, will know. Fantastic stuff. Plugged it in, set some uh, uh, parameters, set some controls on my laptop. iTunes downloading in a flash. Netflix down in a flash. The only problem is the first thing I watched on (laughs) Netflix, Rog, (laughs) I have to say, it is a Sony show, so I should be kinder about it. But The Get Down, I was very disappointed about and I've been been looking forward to that series for a long time. I didn't really follow it. I've got
0: one more episode of Narcos 2 to watch tonight. I'll try that next. I will say no more.
1: Yeah, I'll try that next. Uh, I think he's going to live and survive. Visit meninblazers.com to sign up for our newsletter, which we produce with our partner Guinness. There's a new issue going out this Friday. Follow us on Twitter at meninblazers, at embassy davis, at ross bennett on Instagram at meninblazers, at embassy underscore davis on Facebook meninblazers. Uh, you can always email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. You can always send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. Ravens love the fall weather. Rog Venderpunt. Oh poor pig. Everton, 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 Everton. Uh, explosion. Courage. Take that, Gloria. Is that your analysis? Oh, to Tweed. Abracado, rock on, mate.
0: Kung Fu fighting America. Love you, Devo. Love you, Rog. I'd love some wine, Rooney.